0: Hi everyone and welcome to this episode of Talking It Out about.
1: Today I am joined by the lovely Karen. So welcome to the show Karen. Thank you very much. It's lovely to be here.
0: Now Karen just for a bit of background for those who uh, who don't know. Karen was actually shouted out by Maz on the last episode. <laughs> Um, and has come through and has decided to take part in the podcast as well, which is very exciting. It's the first time this has happened for me. I'm very excited about it. Um, so yeah, so it's all Maz's fault, basically. It is. It um, is. So thanks, Maz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, so um, thank you very much for reaching out and for coming on. You're um, you're I guess let's just go straight forward. For 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 oh God, for it, <laughs> Lord above, it's going well. Sorry, for it um so just would you mind I guess giving us a bit of a clue in as to how FND and you interact I know Maz sort of talked a little bit about you in her one but just for those who maybe didn't catch it or have gone because they've slept since then you know done other things that's fine would you mind just giving us a bit of like Mm. an introduction to like you if you like
1: (laughs) yes um well I've had a um a long and somewhat arduous journey with FND uh, mm-hmm. over the last eight years. Um, uh, do Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the journey? Yeah, <laughs> or where to. I am now. <laughs> um, I'd
0: would love to hear anything you would like to share. Basically, okay. if you want to start from the beginning, you're welcome
1: to. If you want to start at the end and work backwards, you're equally welcome to. <laughs> well, it's been a an interesting journey and um, one where I've been probably at my worst in life and hmm. today um I'm at the best that I've ever been in my life so it's been a real um rags to riches version of FND I guess yeah, love um, it <laughs> love it and um so my story is uh, you know um, I started I got uh, the symptoms in 2015 so we're talking quite some time ago Mm. and it actually took me two years to be diagnosed with uh, FND Um, and in the meantime um, it's on the back of uh, a collection of wonderful chronic illnesses Um, Mm. so they all merge and come together as uh, many and, and these expected within our community. I know that's shared with a lot of people as well. Mm. Um, But mine started with an acute pain in my head and I lost my eyesight. You lost your eyesight? I lost my eyesight. Um, Oh my goodness me. And then, uh, yes, there was about 12 months of investigations going back and forth. My eyesight would come back and vary and I'd have like a filter over it. and It was very distressing at the time. I'd have some vision. It would get progressively better and then it would get worse again and um, I have uh, colour blindness in my family and mm. uh, I carry the gene. and mm. uh, so we experienced colour blindness which was great fun when choosing socks and all the rest of it with my <laughs> my kids and um, you know we've had some fun when I was trying to do mindful colouring um, and not understanding what the colouring was of the colours were So it started like that. Um, I then had labyrinthitis, which went into PPPD eventually. Um, And I was diagnosed with quite um, moderate to severe ME in 2016. And it wasn't until I got to the ME clinic for a bit of help with pacing that they realized whilst doing graduated exercise therapy, um, that I had problems with functioning with my legs. Mm. Um, and it was them that referred me, I'm very grateful, to the FND clinic at uh, Adam Brooks. And uh, they were excellent when I got there, but it took me the two years to get there. And eventually I was diagnosed with five different things in one afternoon. Oh my um, goodness. So I'd gone from. Um, I know again a common experience of uh, you're making this up, your attention-seeking. It's all in your head. Maybe you've got a mental health condition. Those sorts of things. Um, but at my worst, and it, it really was bad in 2017, I was pretty much bedbound. Uh, but I'd mm. had limb weakness, that dragging leg, uh, the functional movement disorder. I've got the PPBD. Obviously, I'd lost my vision, or it was intermittent. My hearing was the same. Uh, I lost my ability to speak and to swallow. I uh, had facial symptoms, sensory, absolutely through the roof, um, cognitive symptoms, uh, bladder, tremors, jerks. And whilst I wasn't diagnosed with the seizures, uh, I didn't realise I was having seizures. <laughs> oh, my um, With a freeze and being unresponsive. So I think I, I, when I was given the Neurosymptoms website back in 2017, at the time, there was just a list of conditions on the right hand side. And um, I ticked, I think, about 80% of that list. And I was going, mm-hmm. great. Right, and now what? Um, and that was my problem. It was the and now what. And mm. the area that I'm in, there haven't been um, many resources uh, to go to in medical and healthcare support. But um, so for me, that's. Formed the basis of my journey with FND and I've really had to dig deep and be resilient and find my own ways and my own pathway Mm. um, on the journey and it's Mm. been that very much lived experience and going out and researching, finding, training, learning about things and really nurturing my own health and well-being Mm. along the journey that has shaped what I now do with FND.
0: Oh, my God, there are so many questions I want to ask. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I, I actually can't retain any of them in my head to be able to ask you. That's great. So I, I'm going to apologise now if I randomly throw a question at you, <laughs> like, in 20 minutes, and you're like, that was something I mentioned in the first five minutes. No. Why are we going back to this? You're in good company. <laughs> <laughs> it's all those things. When people, give, when people share, like, the first bit, I just I sit back and I'm like, whoa. Like, bless you, like... It sounds like it sounds like you've been through the ringer. Yeah, and I, uh, I and that's that 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 feels like I'm kind of lessening that, and I don't
1: mean to at all. No, but no. I don't I,
0: know how else to phrase it.
1: No, it was it was horrific at the time, and part of the reason for coming on the podcast is to say, you know, I was, at, I mean, I, I was a lot worse than uh, a lot of people in the community, and I hear very often, I'm not that bad. Mm. like they belittle the symptoms that they do have yeah but equally I see people who really struggle and have been in that place for a number of years and Mm. I want them to know as you can hear I can speak I'm cognitively pretty much all together I'm just going to reserve and put (laughs) just (laughs) say that that may differ as we go through the podcast but that's fine I I mean that happens to me (laughs) (laughs) regularly you know we're all the same um so it's understanding that and know that I can walk I can talk I can walk now for about two miles um so and I I was literally not able to bear weight um obviously I can talk and walk and swallow and you know I've I've built my own uh, business and everything on top of it as well so I want them to know even though it's been an eight-year journey at least for me that uh it it is all possible It's just finding your way and the way in which you can uh, manoeuvre and navigate how you interact with FND in your life.
0: Yeah I think that's really important because I mean I've had the the privilege of speaking to so many people who have very kindly shared their stories with me and I think it's that you go we are a community we do we do kind of band together we're here to support each other but everyone's journey is so different what works for one may not work for someone else I think what you said at the beginning of that little bit was about like comparing and Mm. like trying not to compare oh I'm not as bad or whatever
1: yeah
0: it's not about comparing in this world it's just about sharing what you know and seeing if it will help it's not a oh I can still walk, so therefore I'm not as bad. Mm-hmm. It's a, actually, it affects me in a different way. Have you tried this strategy? Did, would this help? This might help. It helped me with this really randomly. It might help you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we do get caught up in the world of social media, unfortunately, of comparing
1: yeah.
0: and of feeling like, oh, well, you know, I've got, I can't say I'm bad because someone else has it worse. Yeah. It's not about that. It's just about how you're experiencing it and how you're feeling.
1: Yeah, and, that and that varies, absolutely, and it varies Wonderful. as well because what you're feeling maybe today mm. may not be the symptoms that you have in three months' time, or six months' time, or two years' time. They do Hell even in Yes, absolutely. In five <laughs> minutes, <laughs> give me twenty minutes, and I'll change completely. One that? <laughs> Yeah, that's it. And 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 I think that's. That is a fundamental challenge for anyone with FND, because it's not necessarily that you have the condition and accepting that you have the condition. It's accepting the variability that yeah. comes with that condition that is really, really challenging. I guess
0: that's, that's such a good point. How do you go about that? Because I think everyone has a different process for accepting that change. And someone asked me the other day, and I don't think I, I was able to answer it very well at all. I'm curious how do you how do you how do you feel you cope with that or manage it or I don't know what the word is I want how do you interact with that
1: I think it's responding to it for me Mm. Um, so I've got to a place with my symptoms where I can understand and feel them when they're Mm. approaching or they just stay in the background so I can manage them to a level where they just stay in the background usually I mean they sometimes Mm. I'll trigger and go but generally that's where I'm at um and I greet them like hello old friend yeah (laughs) you're back again (laughs) Yeah, it's lovely to see you you, come on in (laughs) (laughs) we'll just have a little chat and then um you know on your way when you're ready type of thing yeah you can have some teas and cake and then off you pop yeah yeah, yeah. very much so yeah and I think it's just <laughs> allowing it to be there um not moving mm. it away um and then you know just effectively just stepping back um allowing it to be there and then when it's ready stepping back you know forward stepping forward back into what you were doing or in mm. a different way and just learning to work with it navigate with it and respond um I think it's also about not putting out expectations Mm. um so even if I want to do things so I I might have a goal that I want to achieve and I might I might have an ideal time frame to do that um but it's allowing those expectations to shift and change just keep an Mm. eye on the focus and the goal but the time frames and how you do it and the way in which you do it to change
0: yeah so I guess it's about being flexible isn't it
1: yeah
0: it's about allowing yourself the space to be flexible and to be and to adapt
1: yeah
0: like and not see it as a failure absolutely or something bad like you said like you keep the ultimate goal in mind whether that's to walk to the end of your road or to cook dinner whatever it might be Mm. but if it's not going to happen that day you just shift it and say okay I'll move it at some point this week. I'd like to do that. Yeah. And you kind of, you shift it. So you're not, I think that it, the mindset's a really important part of it, isn't it?
1: It's essential.
0: Yeah. How you interact with those moments of variability. Yeah. And like, actually, yeah, right now it's okay. It's working in 10 minutes. Yeah. We'll see. It might not, but I'm okay with the fact that actually that there's that, potential shift like making friends with it like you said I think is a really important thing you you kind of it's almost like a frenemy isn't it like yeah. <laughs> you yeah. kind of you kind of have to like it because it's there but you also hate it at the same time it's a bit, a bit
1: of a frenemy um yeah but, welcome welcome them into the team I think yeah. it's is part of the way I think of it really yeah um, it, it is uh, I, I have team Karen. um I realized quite early on in my journey that the way in I had absolutely no compassion for myself mm. um and a lot of judgment um mm. judging about what I couldn't couldn't do judging about what I was and wasn't achieving what I mm. should be I, I should eat on myself a lot um mm. and I realized that I had very little self-compassion and mm. and in my head the language was really blue <laughs> it's mm. like I need to change this um yeah. And so I now have uh, little team cheerleaders type things and and mentors inside me that talk to me in my my head, little voices in my head. Um, Nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Um, That, you know, that encourage me and tell me it's okay. Um, If I'm scared, I'm scared. That's okay. You know, normally it's human. If I'm judging myself and saying, I can't do this today just saying it's okay I can't do this today it doesn't mean to say um back to that mindset you know don't give up it's (laughs) um if you're going to try something maybe you're doing an exercise and it doesn't work today and you just put that to one side you try again tomorrow you know uh, yeah if you only manage it twice a week instead of every day then you managed it two more times than you did the previous week and I think oh
0: absolutely it's finding those like yeah small but the small small wins like trying to flip it on its head yes i wasn't able to do it every day this week but hey i did it twice this week that's still great yeah yeah like that power and that shift in thinking is actually really it's it's it's, yeah i think it's one of the most helpful things hard to do granted um but i think actually it's a really helpful kind of tool to have in your toolkit if you like that absolutely you can try and work on shifting it and it's something I'm still working on like I'm I'm not I'm not going to sit here and pretend I'm an expert at it because I'm absolutely not Mm -hmm. um but I'm okay with that and I'm learning to be better at it Mm -hmm. and actually that's part of the process you're part of that kind of learning and that journey my husband will love the fact we've said journey so much already uh, (laughs) um (laughs) but yeah (laughs) sorry it's part of that process isn't it
1: it is and it's something that's it can be learnt, Mm. and it's it's very often not an automatic thing that we have Mm. so it is being compassionate with yourself when you can't do that um Mm. and just keep you know practicing it Um, and when we keep practicing something then it it becomes you know we need we can Build an action and, and become a bit more consistent with it, then it becomes a habit and a, just a way of being. So, if you hold that intention and you hold that thought and you hold that approach and way, then you can build a better mindset. Um, I think that's day a, at a time.
0: Yeah. And I think I'm going to be very honest I would have fully said at the beginning of my my life with FND what a load of mumbo jumbo that was. Absolutely absolutely would have been like no there's no way you can possibly do that it's a load of rubbish you're just telling me that to get me out your office like nope not doing it Um, (laughs) not doing it can't do it don't know how to do it what am I doing no not doing it and actually now I'm like you know four years in nearly five I'm like actually it's really powerful I still find it hard Mm. but actually I look back and I go I think I fought so hard against it because I just you aren't taught. It's not a skill that necessarily you're taught.
1: Mm.
0: You're just kind of left to flounder around with it a little bit.
1: Yeah.
0: And then when someone goes, "Oh, but you really need to do this," you're like, "Well, hang on a minute. You're asking me to climb a mountain. I don't even have the shoes on right now. Like, uh, what? What? I can't climb the mountain with no shoes on. Like, absolutely. Give me, give me a stepping stone. Give me some shoes. Give me a direction <laughs> and help me. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm never going to make it to the top. I need
1: I need the resources.
0: Yeah, I need to know how to, like, attempt this first before
1: you throw me up a mountain and expect me to do it. Mm, absolutely. And <laughs> if somebody had said to me, I remember people saying, you need to to rest, you need to relax, you need to sit down, you need to take some time for yourself, which I, I did try and do, but it wasn't going to touch the sides, really. Mm. Um, and if someone said meditation to me in oh, the first yeah. part, I think... <laughs> You know, I, I wouldn't be responsible for my actions at that point. I think is the best way to put it. Um, and yeah, it's something that I do now every day and without fail. I make sure that I do that in the morning. Um, and and it was I learned to do that because I couldn't move for the first mm. part of the morning. So I thought, well, what can I do while I'm lying here? <laughs> so yeah. it became quite a practical thing. But yeah, uh, yeah, there were there were a lot of suggestions at the beginning of my journey that. Um, Yeah, I would not have taken kindly to. (laughs) I
0: I don't think you're the only one. Meditation was also another one for me. I've spoken about it before. Like meditation and I did not get on. I'm gonna I'm gonna be honest. Like we hated each other. Like yoga and I hated each other. We just got a thing. We just don't like each other. Mm. But actually now, like a couple of years on, it's different. You try again. I think that's the thing you've got to kind of. You can't. You can't throw out completely the idea. No. Because it might come back and actually be really helpful. Although it might be really weird. And you know, standing in front of a mirror telling trying to build your self-esteem is a very strange idea. Yeah. Actually, in two years' time that might be exactly what you need. And it might be the most helpful thing you can do. Even if it is
1: weird. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what feels uncomfortable now might not feel uncomfortable in a couple of years' time. So I think you really have to be in the right mindset and Yes it has to feel right in your body you can't tell your body how it should feel does that make sense you have to feel it yeah I, I think
0: I think there's also I, I guess I'm playing a bit of devil's advocate here um <laughs> just because you know I can every now and again I do I think also you do have to push through that uncomfortability a little bit like if you're severely uncomfortable doing it it's probably not the right time but if you're just a little bit uncomfortable, maybe that's the point where you push just that next step. Like, I'm not saying, you know, the idea of running a marathon, if you're just a little bit uncomfortable, you go do that, obviously within <laughs> within reason. Mm-hmm. But like, that degree of challenge as well is okay. Yeah, I think when you're dealing with any, any condition and it changes and it does its own thing, challenge can be quite scary and you feel like you're being challenged all the time yeah but i think it's okay to take control of the challenge once in a while and be like right okay i am going to stand in front of the mirror and say something nice about myself even though i feel really awkward and it's really uncomfortable and i don't want to do it like just to sort of test it you've got to kind of get comfortable with the uncomfortable at a point yeah does that make sense it makes total sense
1: because we we feel comfortable with the way in which we have always done things Mm. And it's being comfortable with the familiar. Yeah. But our lives change so significantly. I've mm. not, not found somebody who hasn't been significantly changed with their life, with Findy. Mm. Um and you need to approach things in a different way. Yeah. So it's around feeling uncomfortable because it's just not the way in which you've done something. Mm. Rather than being distressed, there's a difference between being distressed and feeling un- uncomfortable and a discomfort. And yes. um, so long as it doesn't distress, then that's fine. If it's uncomfortable, yeah then give it a go because you know if you keep doing something that's uncomfortable or just not the way in which you... it's like brushing your teeth with the other hand is not it you know you <laughs> <laughs> it's very messy yeah well yes exactly and um, but it's unfamiliar and you're like oh I don't know whether I'm doing it right you might have to look at yourself in the mirror to watch what you're doing it's yeah a different type of action isn't it but actually if you did that every day for about three weeks it becomes more familiar like okay well I know yeah. what I'm doing now and and give it two months, and then you're brushing your teeth with both hands. You know. Yeah. So... And then you're just showing off. Yeah. Um, but Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think I think it's that thing, isn't it? I think your the distinction they've made is is really key. Actually, like you can challenge and be in the uncomfortable, but if it crosses into distress, it's probably not the right time for it. Yeah. And absolutely. that kind of that comes back to like there's an old like a learning theory about zone of proximal development, and you have mm-hmm. your your green zone, which is where you're really comfortable, you're safe, you know everything, you're good. Mm -hmm. And then you go out into your amber and you're kind of like, you know, in the terms of like school, like you're learning a new times table, you're learning a new written method or you're learning a new spelling. You know, kind of how it's meant to work, but it's still a bit like, oh, I'm not too sure. It's a little bit hard, but you can still tackle it. You're still able to give it a go. And then when you cross into the red outer zone, that's when your brain just goes absolutely not it's too much there's too high a threat there's too high a risk I can't do it and you kind of want to be in that kind of ambery zone for some things just to like challenge it a little bit more and make your brain grow that's how I see it
1: yeah Um, Um, sorry no go for it there's a you know one of the things um, that we do is nervous system regulation is around this felt sense of safety Mm -hmm. building that sense of safety um and it is a felt sense it's not you can't tell you tell yourself that you feel safe if you don't feel safe yeah so and that's something i think when we're in that initial stage that survival mode where we just need to look after our needs and it's really Mm. basic you you know you're in that free fall state you're not quite sure what's going on you know what's where do I go? What do I do? Is how long is this gonna last? All of those. Who am I? Co- yeah, <laughs> yeah. Where do I go? What do I do? Um,
0: Who am I? What am I doing? What am I? Am I human? Yeah. Am I a unicorn? What am I doing?
1: <laughs> <laughs> At that point, you need that safety, security, mm. those comfort things to to uh, just cope with yeah. with that environment. But you're right. As you, as you sort of, you've got a bit more stability in there. Um, and you've got a bit more management. You've put in systems of care and there's ways in which you've found to do things that were perhaps yeah. a little bit different. And that's the time when we start exploring and challenging and trying mm. different things. And and it, you're right. It, it's that bouncing the boundaries of, mm. of uh, being comfortable and uncomfortable, but staying still within something that doesn't cause distress.
0: Yeah. I think that's really important because I'm very aware that it sounds like I'm like, I'm saying, everyone go get uncomfortable, then like <laughs> dress yourself out, go get uncomfortable it'll do you the world of good. That's not what I'm saying. No. <laughs> I'm just saying actually at points, if you feel like safe to, you know, take those extra couple of steps, if you're, you know, pushing yourself to walk around the garden, if you feel like actually you feel okay to do that, you feel safe as people around you, if it doesn't work, then try it. Like, But you have to be listening to yourself and your body as well. And you're kind of, once you start paying attention to it, I think you start learning when you can test that uncomfortability zone. Um, But it takes time to get there. Um, And it, it it does take a bit of practice. But I think for me, that was a really important thing to kind of come to terms with, was that actually being uncomfortable isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just means I'm trying something a bit different, but it could have really good, con- like a really good outcome.
1: And that's really important. You know, I think that develops naturally mm. with curiosity mm. as well. When you want to find out a little bit more and what is out there and what can I do? That's been one of the, that was one of the shifting things for me mm. Um you know, I've shared that I was not in a great place <laughs> mm. back in, back in uh, you know several years ago. Um, I was bedridden at, at several points, mm. and I got to that point where I could literally i was I was listing the things that I couldn't do, mm. and when I realised that that was just like one great big scroll that rolls off down the floor and keeps going down the stairs. Mm. Um, I thought oh, actually I don't have the cognitive ability to actually list everything that's going wrong. Mm. I'll try and do something about what I can do because that's going to be a shorter list. Yeah, um, and I did get to that point, and it was like, well, what can I do? Mm. And at, initially, I went, oh, "What can I do?" You know, it's like, <laughs> oh. Um, but actually, I, I went and mindfully said, "No, seriously, what can I do?" Because I had only got about three minutes of vision to to do something before it would cloud over again. Mm. Um, you know, I would only have 10 minutes of cognitive ability at various points. Mm. But the things I could do, I could lift my left arm to reach for my laptop and um, get on YouTube and find something that I could listen to. So I could mm. close my eyes and listen to it. Mm. Um, Things I could do is I could wiggle my toes and flex them, and mm-hmm. I could rotate my feet uh, at the ankles, so I could keep those moving and going. Mm. I, I could massage uh, my leg the top part of my leg. I could you know there were things I started to list. They were really basic things, but at that level, when you're bedridden, they were things that are you know that were important to me. Mm. And when I worked out what I could do, it's like, well, okay, so I can access things now and I can go on YouTube and I can find something that's going to make me laugh because quite frankly, I needed it at that point. I was missing moments of joy. Yeah. So I put into my day deliberately one moment of joy, no matter what, every single day. Mm. And I'm very grateful. I'm going to name drop now, but I don't, you know, if every turns up, that's great. Tim Vine mm. with the one-liners because I could, Cognitively process one lines and mm. it just made it fun. Something that gave me laughter. I wasn't even laughing out loud at the time. Sorry, Mr. Mr. Fine. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> <at> the, <laughs> but inside, I was starting to chuckle. Yeah. I had forgotten how to laugh in many ways um, because I've been in such a, a difficult place. Mm. But putting in those moments of joy. Uh, And when I started doing it, I I thought something I can do every day for me. That's something I can do. And I started looking at different things. There was lots on YouTube that you can go out there and do things that just made me laugh. And then I put two in a day and then it became a regular habit. And I started looking for things that would make me laugh, Mm. looking for things that just gave me hope, that just brought me some joy and And once I started looking for those things, I then found more of them and that really opened up my mindset and Mm. opened up again, got me curious what, you know, started expanding my brain to think in different directions. You know, what could I do? What could I go off and research? What could I find? You know, my mindful coloring was um, interesting Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know there were there were different things and I would rotate the task because I realized I with a sensory overwhelm that I, I needed to rotate the um the different senses in order that it, it sort of all cognitively worked and I got the most out of it rather than having them particularly focused on listening or particularly focused on visual um, yeah and that was really really helpful but just finding those, I still do. What can I do to help and nurture myself today? Is the question yeah. I ask myself every single day. Yeah. It's really changed the way that I approached FND and my health in general. Sounds like a very good tool to have in your uh, tool belt, toolkit, mm. okay.
0: toolbox, <laughs> whichever tool, whatever. However, you want to wear it.
1: Yeah,
0: toolkit, <laughs> toolkit, <laughs> toolbox, toolbelt. I don't know. Uh, if you want to be Batman, go for it. Be Batman. I don't mind. Okay. However, you want to have your toolkit is absolutely fine. <laughs> I think it's finding those things, though, isn't it? Like, is there might be people listening who go, "I can't find a moment of joy in my day." Mm. I think the message here is you give it give it a go find something stupid to watch on youtube whether it's a cat video a comedian a panda it doesn't matter find something and give it a go and like you said like originally you you weren't able to laugh out loud but eventually you could and then you put in more moments of joy and it's that progression i think sometimes we forget where we started from and we we forget that actually you know we we couldn't laugh out loud but now we can have a chuckle for you know a couple of times a day and that's incredible Mm -hmm. And i think because it's not you know i'm going to go back to climbing a mountain you haven't climbed a mountain today (laughs) you're like oh well you know it's nothing but actually if you think about where you started and where you are now i've done everest you've done everest (laughs) exactly it doesn't matter if everest has a googly eyes on it and is laughing who cares what it's dressed like you've done it yeah i think that's what you've got to come back to
1: yeah absolutely and you know those moments of joy. I I, um, I help uh, with overseeing four different support groups. Um, I've worked with FND Dimensions since 2017, mm. and one of the things that I've got going in, in one of the little support groups there is just finding. Um, we do um, wonder. I'm sharing moments of wonder as well as mm. joy. So just things that are weird and wonderful. So um, leaf sheep. You can go off and uh, <laughs> search for leaf sheep. They're great and cute, and they look great.
0: Wait, and, hang on. Leaf, Christ- leaf,
1: leaf sheep, yeah, leaf sheep and Christmas worms. They're they're really uh, okay, wonderful as well. I feel like I need so much more explanation to this. What?
0: <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> what? I, my brain can't comprehend this. I'm sorry. Is it <laughs> is it sheep covered in leaves or leaves that are shaped like sheep?
1: Um, they're or, little where are we going so, sort of sea sea creatures oh um, i'm that, completely wrong wonderful that, <laughs> that look like sheep okay and they're on yeah they're like little sea slugs okay not cr- where
0: my brain went one no
1: i know but exactly but it's like you know it opens up the brain and it? it's neuroplasticity in the making go out and find something and learn something new and um the other one was christmas tree worms and they are because they look like well, is it christmas tree or christmas worms um but they look like christmas trees and and they they look like something out of coral reefs uh, i they really quite incredible just, my brain's just been blown I've... exactly so if you can't find moments that make you laugh then find moments that give you wonder and and you know the world is full of it really in my head I'm not gonna lie I'm now
0: picturing worms walking around <laughs> with their Santa hats on
1: <laughs> I can hear so many people now getting to their computers and going <laughs> right what, what is it what is this yeah <laughs> I,
0: I will look them up after we finish recording I'll be like <laughs> what on earth because I honestly went to sheep covered in leaves or leaves yeah. in the shape of sheep yeah I would not have put money on the fact it was anything to do with the sea okay <laughs> I've learned something new today wonderful love it but, yeah, I think that's a great idea. Like, if you can't find a moment of joy, find a moment of wonder. I like it. I like it. Sorry, I'm pondering now what would be my, my moment of wonder or joy. See if I, I'm, I'm trying to think. I can't think of anything to say yet. I haven't done that much yet. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think. Sorry, I'm completely
1: distracted now. No. Sorry. No, um, good. Another one is things like hearing a child laugh you know, that giggle, when you've got that rolling giggle that goes, you know, and it just makes you feel joyful and, you know, yeah. you know those you sorts of little things.
0: Make me laugh is the way kids' brains work. Like, I used to work, I used to be a teacher, and it just the number of times you'd be teaching math or English or something, and all of a sudden, you'd either say a sentence you'd never expect to say, like, can you stop licking the window? Or a kid would come up and be like, so I saw a unicorn last night. And you're like, I'm so confused how your brain did that. that was... How did we get from teaching addition to your, you saw a unicorn last night? I'm very confused. Talk. And I used to say to them, talk me through how you got there. What was the step in your brain that took you from addition to I saw a unicorn last night? Because I'm really curious how your brain did that. Mm. Brains are great. I find that they are they are interested sorry that was a complete tangent there I got distracted <laughs> so, I think I think I sent
1: that in emotion to be
0: fair <laughs> <laughs> it's fine We're just, we, we'll just we'll pull it back in we'll pull it back in it's all good um so it sounds like what you've been able to do is kind of use that that experience that that kind of journey that you've been on and you've channeled it in a really productive manner
1: Absolutely,
0: I'm not trying to say that that hasn't been um hard because I'm sure it has been, yeah. But that's such a oh my god, my words have gone out of my brain completely because I'm completely distracted by Christmas worms. Um, damn the Christmas worms. Um, is but it's that like so? How long into your journey, I guess, did you start taking these steps to like? helping and sharing you said you you started working with the charity quite early
1: yes. yeah so I think uh yeah I, I there was a, a point when in 2015 2016 where I was waiting for people to come and fix me mm. uh, if I'm absolutely honest you know I had a problem I didn't understand what it was you go to the doctors you expect them to diagnose you uh, mm. give you a treatment, whether that's medicine or therapy or whatever, and yeah. uh, do the course of something and off you go and you'll be all mm. right again. And uh, clearly, uh, having lost my vision and then with uh, PPPD and a few other things and lack of diagnosis and getting really, really poorly with ME, um, mm. it was a point, <laughs> let alone the FNG, um it was a point where I wasn't being fixed and they didn't have the resources or the tools and i didn't have a lot of support from the medical profession at that time um or, you know and my, my world is falling around my uh, falling apart because i can't work as much And you know I, I had a family i was looking after children i was looking after relatives i was you know mm. um, trying to do an awful lot i had a lot of roles that i played um, whether that be in the community or friends or mother or whatever. Um, you wore a lot I, of hats. I did. I did. I wore perhaps too many hats. But, um, <laughs> that's, that's a different thing. Um, and a, a lot of people relying on me. Um, so I, I, I realised that nobody was coming to save me. Mm. There was a couple of times where it got really, really down. And <laughs> whilst... Uh, lying on the bathroom floor uh, in a freeze and I couldn't move uh, and it's really cold on the bathroom floor. It is yeah, <laughs> not, not the nicest place to be. Yeah no. Um, and there was no one around and I realised they wouldn't be home for about five or six hours and I wasn't moving at all. Uh, my head started to relax so we managed to put my weight of my head on the floor mm. um, but whilst there it's like okay no one literally is coming to save me <laughs> yeah. what do I do um, and it is that that moment where you you think okay well I need to help myself mm. um, and, and what can I do so we're back to the what can I I do and it has formed that basis and with that one of the reasons I went and reached out I wanted I couldn't find anybody who had FND and yet Mm. I knew there must be some people in the area yeah so I just went out went on the Facebook groups and that were around and said anyone in the area fancy a meetup type thing Mm. Um, and I got a group small group of people together when I was actually uh, approached by Stephen Chrissy from FND Dimensions Mm. who said would you like to be a part of Dimensions and help us with our support groups and I went uh okay <laughs> what do you do <laughs> I wasn't too sure at the time yeah but, um, I could go with it and so I set up my first support group um and I really did that for me I'll be absolutely mm. honest in the in the initial stages so that I could find people that I could talk to because there was no support network or any information like mm. so I did that and then gradually that's grown and um, it's now quite a big group that initial one and I met other people and over that journey I've learned so much from other people as well and we're sharing so many Mm -hmm. tips and tools and strategies and techniques and information about advocacy or where to find things it's locally networked and that was just what I needed at that time Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: learned so much and I wrote down so much I've got a whole book full of literally hundreds of different tips, tools, techniques, strategies. And I, 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 I share them um, quite regularly with the support groups and with FND Wellbeing mm. and the people who, who come on in there. And that's what I needed. And when I got that momentum going and these people were meeting up and chatting and really benefiting and seeing that network of something that was compassionate mm. and was supportive and understanding and validating. Then I set up a couple of the other ones as well. Um, And that's been my, you know, I did that for quite a few years. I still have an oversight with it and I still have that interaction. Um, But really, my focus now has been FND well being to try and provide a service. What I wanted when I started at the beginning of my FND journey. Mm. And that's, you know, helping people with. Where to start? Where do you even start? Yeah. Um, yeah. What even is this? <laughs> yeah. Start there. Yeah. I've literally got a course that's just coming out, which is called Starting Steps FND Starting Steps. Yeah. And it is literally, you know, give you a plan. Your plan will be different. Everyone's plan will be different, but you've got the strategy to put it together mm. and make something for yourself and understand where the resources are and pull them all together. Mm. So, That's been my experience now. So I needed, I needed help with pacing. Um, Mm. I did the spoon thing, but the spoon for me was really difficult um, because I had no energy and I used all my spoons up uh, within the first hour. So Mm -hmm. I was like, (laughs) where do I go and why is that happening so to understand I'm spoonless what now exactly. <laughs> somebody nick my spoon please <laughs> um, can I borrow a spoon exactly so it was understanding why because it wasn't just physical exhaustion it was you know neurological uh, exhaustion mm-hmm. it was sensory overwhelm it was emotional overwhelm relational overwhelm it was Um, my my mental thoughts and and mindsets and patterns, and all of those aspects, as well as how the environment was impacting on me, but I really didn't understand. So, the standard package of this is pacing, this is what you do, really didn't hit the mark for me. Mm. Um, so I needed something in pacing, I needed to learn to rest because I thought rest was coming in, put your feet up, watching a TV for half an Mm. hour. and realize that now with retrospect, again, a bit like at the beginning of your journey, if somebody had said, <laughs> you need to do some meditation, you need to, you know. I'd laugh um, them out the room. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it's finding different types of rest that you can engage. It might be a creative activity. It might be just listening to some music. It might be learning to do those things. Mm. And my own journey around that was, you know, those were the basic things I put in. But as I went off and got curious, I, I trained and I, I did a course with um, the Optimum Health Clinic in London who mm. actually specialise in CFS and ME. Mm. And uh, I really enjoyed their course. It, it taught me a lot of valuable things about mental thoughts and mental processes and psychology. And I trained with them um, in uh, advanced clinical hypnosis and NLP and life coaching. And whilst going through that, you know, I learned. About, I struggled with expressing emotions. Uh, Once I got FND, my cognitive ability to find the words and things were uh, reduced. Mm. But I could feel into the sensations and understand how I was feeling in my body, even if I couldn't verbally express it at the time. So finding different ways to do that has been great. I did emotional freedom technique, um, EFT that was great for emotional um, understanding my emotional range and how to process emotions. And then I've gone on to do the nervous system regulation, uh, Mm. which is key. And then linked that with my FND symptoms and where my triggers are and how to regulate my body and get it tools and techniques to get it back into a place where it feels safe. Mm. Um, And that's been huge. That has been really key for Mm. me with FND. Um, And it's been a real wild journey um and I've <laughs> gone all the way back with nervous system regulation right back to the body which is where I initially started mm. um with my with my journey um yeah yeah i so putting all that together
0: I guess it's it sounds like you've kind of gone out and collected all these like little nuggets of knowledge if you like Yes, <laughs> and you, you're bringing them back and you're compiling them and Turn it into something where actually someone else who maybe is in a different situation and can't go out and, and do these things can find them in one place without having to search high and low for them.
1: Exactly. It's just pulling all of, the, all of mm-hmm. my knowledge, all of my resources, all the, the teaching, the learning, the coaching, the skills that I have, and putting that into one central place you know we mm. there is so much that's actually out there that we're not even aware of half the time um yeah. and it changes and it moves and it can be confusing about which place is doing what and, and also it tends to be buried within like yeah. or it can be
0: buried within academic papers and yeah you know if you're, you're struggling to name you're feeling angry Maybe reading an academic paper is probably not going to work for you exactly. that day, Like, yeah. but it means you're cut off from learning yeah. that little bit, so that does make it harder. Yeah, and so, so it's, it's making it
1: practical and accessible yeah. in different yep. formats, in different ways, and taking all of that knowledge and then making it just in, in drops of information uh, mm. in a manageable way that you can break it down step by step so that Mm. it impacts in a practical way and that's what that's what (laughs) that's what I do now Uh, but
0: that that's that's such a powerful thing and I'm sure there'll be lots of people who have found it so helpful mm -hmm. and many more who will find it helpful in the future because I think it's just about finding a different way to put it across sometimes yeah like I know for me like one of the reasons I started doing the podcast was someone invited me on theirs and I was like oh this is this is good I like this um but equally on days where you know when I was particularly bad back at the beginning I couldn't read anything I wasn't able to take anything in but I could listen something could be on in the background and I could take it in a little bit Mm. I wouldn't necessarily be able to like do a test on it and tell you (laughs) tell you all the answers but it was a different way of putting across information I think that's the powerful thing is having those variety, the variety of ways to engage with material so you can learn, you can do it in bite-sized chunks. You're not having to read a 20-page academic paper when actually you just can't that day, but you're still getting the information. Mm. Um, Sorry, that was a bit of a ramble there, wasn't it? Sorry. No,
1: no, it's a really important (laughs) point. And, And the other thing that, you know, it's about making things, Accessible and easy to understand. Mm. You know, one of uh, my my clients this week said something around we need people don't talk about the capacity that we have with FND mm. and what we can and cannot take in. They don't understand that whilst we might be able to do it one minute, we may not after five or ten minutes be able to run and have that level of capacity still. Mm. Um, and so it is breaking it down into really simple steps and um, joining the dots for people because. It takes a lot of brain effort and brain power oh to my God, it does. to do it you know, and pull that together. Absolutely, um, it does. And uh, one of the other things I I have is you know I got nearly twenty five years experience in HR. Um, mm. That was my that was my career, um, which is when I've stepped away from uh, the end, well, end of April this year in order mm. to do FND Wellbeing. Mm. But in that. I've seen so many people struggle with their workplace and what they can, what they can do, what are their rights, how they negotiate things. You know how, how they just interact in the workplace. Um, and so another thing that I, it's not quite well being, but I guess it sort of is. It's like looking after your work. It's something else I'm doing. Is. Is, yeah, it, I would is, argue it is. It's around offering just little mini workshops that i do and they're in your workplace rights uh flexible working and remote working you know Mm. uh sickness uh sick leave and sick pay while you around that and another one in finding new ways of working yeah Uh, because we can't always go back to the job that we have done it depends on your abilities and your capabilities and things change and move but all of those things and i've just put them really simply laid out with steps and approaches and you know those have been really quite successful so far I
0: think I think the thing is that unfortunately when you have any condition that can be disabling in whichever way that is people kind of do just write off work for you yeah and you're like oh well you can't work because you've got FND or whatever and actually it's not that I can't work, it's that I just need to do it differently. Yeah. And I think having that conversation and being open about that and like what you can do, that's really powerful because I don't feel like it's something that's necessarily spoken about. There's there's obviously a, there are people in the FAPD community who do work, there are people that don't, and that's absolutely fine. Mm. But I think there's a there's a kind of a historic not stigma, but there's a historic label maybe that those that have a chronic illness or are a, a kind of disabled in some way can't work. I think yeah. actually opening up that conversation and being like, hey, look, you can, if it's right for you, you can just think about these things. That's really helpful and really powerful. Yeah um because it's kind of one of those elements that isn't discussed
1: it's just kind of yeah. shepherded under a carpet and left alone <laughs> Exactly. and there's a difference between being able to work and with our concept and our expectations is that means that we can work full time yeah <laughs> or that we can do something you know as if we were before we had fnd or other chronic conditions and that's not true yeah so and uh, you know even in a, being in the uk the the government literally just with the autumn statement have just brought out about their back to work plan Mm. Um, and the impact that that will have on benefits and trying to get people back into work with chronic illnesses and disabilities and Mm. uh, their plan for support you know I'm going to be keeping a really close eye on what they say I've got quite vocal in in um, their approach and Mm. uh, you know just just watching how they go about that but it does mean to look at things about what you can do. We're back to what can, what can I do? Yeah. It doesn't mean to say that you need to be the marathon runner. You need to be anything that's extraordinary. It's just what can you do? Even if It can be extraordinary for you though. When it can, well, yes, it might well be extraordinary <laughs> for you, but it might be on the, you know, you may not be the, I don't know, the gold medal winner or, yeah. or, or something yeah. of, of yeah. the Olympics, but you might be a gold medal winner for your household, you know? Oh, Absolutely. Um, Damn
0: straight,
1: gold yeah. medals everywhere.
0: Um, <laughs> but I think it's it's an important thing that yeah, just isn't really spoken about. So it's it's nice to know that there are there are things out there that can help people if they get stuck. So yeah. just for those who maybe are curious in, and kind of want to know more,
1: where can people find you? Um, so best place would be to go to the website, mm-hmm. uh, which is www FND Wonderful. It is what it says on the tin. <laughs> <laughs> we like that. That's simple. That works for us. Yeah. And, you know, I've built courses that are designed with FND in mind so that they are accessible. Mm. And as someone with FND, um, you know, and, and having uh, interacted with Hundreds in the community now, and different ways, and learning from them too. Um, hopefully, that will will suit most people. And still learning and growing and fine tuning, and all feedback is really welcome. <laughs> but it's that uh, you know it, it is yeah designed for people with FND, and that it, it is that specific approach because it's it's a, a community I really care for, and I feel yeah. really impassioned about really.
0: Yeah, I think you do though, don't you? Because you—it's—it's it's belonging, isn't it? Yeah. Your group, it's your people, it's your community.
1: Yeah. You're
0: really like, yep, these are my peeps.
1: <laughs> oh my god, I've
0: not said peeps in years. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> Jesus. Oh god. Maybe that's a <laughs> going downhill from here. On that happy note, um, but no, it's—it's—it's it's, it's really good. I'm—I'm really—it's really interesting. I feel like we could chat a lot more about so many different things, and maybe. Mm maybe maybe we need to get another one in and just chat about all these other aspects Because so I feel like there's lots more we could uncover and explore um, but thank you so much for coming on um, What are for those that are listening I'll put the website link in the podcast description as well um, just in case you missed it or didn't quite write quick enough <laughs> I'll put it in the uh, description for you um, and yeah so thank you so much for coming on Karen and for sharing your story and for kind of sharing some of your
1: tips and tricks it's been my my absolute pleasure I I really do genuinely appreciate it I appreciate what you do to to get out into the community and to have the opportunity for other people to share their stories and you know um, and inspire and bring hope to other people in the community and I hope that my story has given somebody um, even just one person that you know that flame that hope to say okay I can do one thing what can I do today and bring in a moment of joy and uh, you know that's that's a really good start no matter where you are.
0: Oh absolutely I think that's the perfect place to end it with that question of what can I do and take it from there see what happens but yeah thank you so much for coming on karen um thank you very much guys for listening it's been a pleasure um and i will catch you all in the next episode so thanks very much bye